Hi, I'm Nick. Hi, I'm Thomas. And this is the Unbossing Podcast. A show about unleashing the full potential of every organization. There's a couple of lessons that that constantly resonate uh, that I took from my uh, my uh, education, and, uh, and 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 one of one of them is is about the the species that we call Homo sapiens, right? And of course, other people have written thick books about that, so that's not my intention here. But the, one of the laws that we studied is that uh, fast evolving species tend to disappear very fast. Mm -hmm. And species on Earth that don't evolve, that are still looking like uh, hundreds of millions uh, of years ago, uh, such as the insects, are finding their intelligence through collaboration and not from the individual. You know? they, uh, they have still millions of years to go. And, uh, I, I think it's a fascinating idea to uh, to put everything you do in a very, very relative context. And it all of a sudden makes you a little bit more important than you think you are. So that was a good uh, basic training. Uh, I uh, took uh, Paul, the office. Yes, please. Paul, are you talking now about a message of putting things in, in perspective? Or are you also... Uh, giving a message in terms of adaptability? No. Um, no, uh, I am I'm putting that message in a, in a bigger um, time horizon, mm -hmm. uh, which means that um, as much as we can be fanatic about what we're going to do today, um, there's a day after today, and then another day, and another day, and another day. Uh, it means that um, we don't have to force ourselves into the cramped positions of delivering, uh, and uh, because there is there is bigger things around us. And I'll come back to that later because because it makes you humble and it makes you very much unfinished. And you will hear in the story of Etex that being unfinished is a key criteria. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you're talking about. Unbossing and I'm talking about unfinished uh, leaders, uh, and and, and uh, sometimes we think we're very important and matter. Uh, but I'll come back to that maybe when we dig into the, the leadership uh, of Etex. I joined Etex oh. 31 years ago, and uh, and I took uh, all kind of uh, crazy tasks. When I say crazy, I quickly had the reputation of. Uh, of the one, the, the person who never said no. So, so, so every three, four years, they came to me with uh, very crazy ideas. Are you, are you willing to um, to develop East Europe? Yeah, where I'd never been. Yeah. And, and instead of saying why me, why, you know, I always said uh, why not. And and that was um, uh, the right attitude for uh, for an interesting career. Um, Paul, where that mission impossibles with high risk. Of not achieving the goal. 
not for me because I'm an adventurer. You know, geologists are adventurers. You know, um, but uh, for many people, many people would have considered some of these moves as as a career threatening. Yes, and I have never experienced any type of career path. Uh, I've also done quite some job rotations, as they call it, where I would come home very excited about a new task, but with no salary increase. I found it more than normal. Yes. Right? Uh, uh, so, so the, the capacity of saying why not in this world, which is again a, a, a symptom of, of, uh, of curiosity, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting driver uh, for my career. Paul, may I ask you about these missions, which were, I guess, some of them were far from headquarters, right? Yes, uh, uh, some of them were far from headquarters, but um, after a couple of years in, in R&D and projects, I, uh, I was asked to, um, to look at the business processes and to re-engineer the business processes. I'm talking here about the late 90s, you know, business process engineering, you know, and then yes. associated ERP systems and uh, and so on. But that, uh, in the ethics of 1999, this was uh, pure suicide. Uh, because, uh, <laughs> this was a mission that was totally unwanted, <laughs> by, <laughs> welcomed by none of the managing directors, the so-called MDs, you know, and I found that a super exciting time. Yeah, yeah. The so-called MDs, I love it. I love it, Paul. May I shortly ask which leadership style you did develop on these missions with your team? Yes. So the first thing is, is, is curiosity. Mm -hmm. First thing is curiosity. Uh, uh, anticipating to the, to the last question of today, you know, first thing is, is curiosity. And uh, the second thing, very, very important. I quickly found out that there are not so many things that I need to decide. Um, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, I would have said, look, from the 10 things that I have to decide every day, maybe I should only decide five. Mm -hmm. And seven years ago, I would have said, from the 10 things that I have to decide, maybe there's only one I have to really decide. And then I would concentrate my day on finding out which is that one. You know? Now, getting older, reaching the age of maturity, you know, I don't think I have to decide. No, no, I don't think I have to decide. I, 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 I will steer, I will make sure that, that we are on a track. But, um, but that's about all. I will put the, um, the destination clear. I will uh, put the, um, the fuel on the engine if needed. Um, but um, it's a symptom of something uh, broken or wrong in, in, in an organization uh, when decisions arrive on my desk. Uh, I can challenge decisions. I can uh, make sure they happen. They are taken. Uh, but what you call embossing is a lot to do with uh, decision making and putting it in the right place because embossing is saying, I don't probably have to be the boss, but then again, where is the decision? How is the decision? Right. It needs to be an alternative to the bossy CEO. Paul, 
I, I have to say, and I, uh, before Nick comes up with it, I'm sure he will, I do recognize myself a little bit in your journey uh, from when you say, oh, you know, a couple of years ago, I thought uh, a certain amount of decisions should still be taken by me. Not all, that's for sure, but uh, maybe half. Today, you are even on the unbossed extreme, I would call it, where you say, why? Why should I, that be me? May I ask you, Paul, how you came to this realization? Uh, was there something, was, were there certain moments where it made click and you said, come on, guys, uh, this, is, this is not the way to do it? And the second question is, how did your team react on that? Did they not come and say, Paul, here, you have to make the decision, please? How was that? Well, I, when you first question, how, how did I gain that insight that could now be very uh, very practical and talk about the many times that, that I had to call upon change management because the things I would have decided just didn't happen, you know? So, so, so the main reason not to decide on, on a very pragmatical level is if others decide, then, all right, then it's already sold, you know? The buy-in is there, uh, uh, and, and, and so it, it will happen. So you kind of um yeah you, you have already done the buy-in and the change management. but but actually that's not the real answer the real answer is much more um humanistic much more people oriented uh, i think in the the leadership um, journeys that i have uh, either lived myself or or seen in action there is often a turning point where uh, leaders um, who obviously, as all of us, build their career on performance, management, and deliverables, you know, which is exactly the opposite from what we are talking about here, mm -hmm. there is or there is not a moment in time where the insight grows that it is basically not about me. It's not about me. My life is not about me. The world is not about me. The leadership is not about me. It's about the others. Because without the other, there is no leadership. Mm -hmm. And so that's a very, very difficult uh, point in time because the experiences and, and the managerial experiences and the careers and the company cultures um, preach the opposite and cultivate the opposite. I'm mm -hmm. afraid of, remember, right? Well, it yeah. was all about me. You know? yeah. and, and then quickly after, me against the other, you know? Because yeah. if it's about me, it's about winning. And winning is okay, but not against losing. Mm -hmm. You see? So, so I, would, I would say um, that, that it is a deeply... Yeah, humanistic vision on the fact that if it's not about me, it is about the other. And that's what matters. Um, that's what matters. And if you want to unboss your organization, you have to have a very genuine, deep-rooted, humanistic vision right? to, for others to have an impact, for others to develop. So... So in that context, there is no more choice. I've never discussed uh, leadership 
principles. Like that couldn't possibly, out of my uh, deepest uh, humanistic reading, I couldn't possibly choose. I didn't have to choose. It, it, is, it is totally impossible. And the more I see the world evolve in the 21st century, the more comfortable I feel. It was in the beginning a bit of an uncomfortable feeling, like, oh, I, I, I'm probably wrong because that's not what I see around me. Now, I couldn't care less. I'm on a mission. You know? the world, that's what the world needs. That is, the, that is not the, the leadership of me or my company. It's the leadership of the 21st century. It's what the world needs, badly needs. Well, I, I, I give that now quickly to Nick because I know how much Nick is enjoying what you are, what you have been saying the last couple of minutes. It's pure high-fluent spirit. Am I right, Nick? Yes, but I, I, I don't want to say too much, guys, because I'm enjoying the flow between the both of you. Um, all I want to say is that uh, the tagline purpose of high-fluence is helping society create the organizations and leaders it needs and that's basically the summary of what uh, Paul also said uh, being on a mission not because of us but because the world desperately needs us so needs it so um, I'm, I'm just enjoying this and uh, the flow between you guys so Thomas just continue asking questions thank you Nick Paul your clear message as I understood it is the moment you let go of your own ego you come you come to that realization and what what interests me is in the, you are talking about a company in in the 1990s uh, uh, also in the first uh, uh, 10 years of the 2000s how did your team and how did your environment react to that to this realization and also to this uh, behavior of yours You were clearly unbossed, Paul. Was your environment also unbossed already? Uh, no, but the nice thing of a company like ETEX is that uh, um, that it's our company. It's a family-owned business. The family is not in the uh, management uh, of the. It's a very uh, committed, long-term committed shareholder. Is um, very much in line with doing good, and the reason, or one of the reasons for that, is that we, we once were uh, produced of asbestos cement, mm -hmm. and uh, that left a big trauma, a big trauma in the organization. You know? We thought we were doing good. We thought we were bringing very purposeful materials and products to the yes. to of this world everywhere on earth, very democratic, very accessible. And then we woke up, woke up in a nightmare, and, and, and we felt like the whole organization felt like we had a debt to society. And rather than, than taking that up as a heavy weight on our shoulders, I thought we could reverse that. And I could, we could stand up with pride and say, look, can't change the past. We can take care of it. We, we can build a fantastic future. Yeah? We are a company that has a reason to exist. You know? Mm -hmm. See, at uh, the inspiring ways of living, the inspiring ways of living is 15 years old. We had these workshops, remember, with us, uh, corporate branding gurus, and you know, and uh, 
<laughs> what kind of animal are you and what kind of you've been there, right? <laughs> which color? That, yeah. Yes, which, yeah. And, 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 and then out of that came inspiring ways of living and we didn't, we didn't understand it. For more than 10 years, we, we, we talked about it, but we didn't understand the power of it. Yeah, so yeah. someone once told me that if you, if you think you have a purpose, then check because billions of people should be interested. Mm-hmm. And indeed, you know, there is billions of people who need better places to live, to work, you know, and since we don't provide food and since we provide shelter, uh, uh, that's a fantastic uh, purpose. That's uh, rock solid, if we play it well, uh, it's totally justified. Um, and uh, to answer more, <laughs> more towards your question, how did the team experience that? But I wanted to say the, the, the shareholder and, and a very good relationship with the chairman and the board, they, uh, they fortunately have a bit of a different time horizon. So they don't look at the quarters and the next quarter. You know? yes. it's, it's a wealth, a wealth of opportunities. You know? and, uh, and I can tell you, we do create value, or not for them. Uh, the team was a, was a, was a, a challenge, yeah? It's absolutely true, Thomas. Um, I took, uh, it took me. Uh, three years to build a team of people around me who would have the same deeply rooted uh, engine, beliefs. I'm talking here beyond values. I'm talking beyond values. I'm talking about beliefs, you know, the things yes. that you can't negotiate, the things for which you don't have to do work trips, you know. Uh, uh, so, 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 but once I found that team, uh, uh, it every day was a joy. I mean, every day was a. Yeah. It was not finished with the team because um, spreading a message like that, if you, which you and Boston guys must have experienced, um, you face what we call in, in our house the permafrost. I'm a geologist, you know. The permafrost is, is the layer in the organization where apparently the messages don't go through. Right? You think you do a fantastic thing or you think you have inspired 15,000 people, but yes. you've only inspired 70 or 80. Right? And, that, and then you, you touch the permafrost. Right? And you have to melt the ice. And so we, uh, we, uh, we developed uh, a lot of uh, tools and actions and activities and to, 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 um, to melt the ice. Mm-hmm. And the ice, the ice was, was easier to melt bottom up than top down. So we, we would the holes in the permafrost go underneath and sit again at the bottom. You know, there are people who, for, for whom this is music and years, uh, energizing them. Uh, because everything I've said, I, I didn't particularly want to do the webinar because I've learned one thing. That kind of leadership is, is not to be preached. You know? I've just finished my first book uh, uh, and I arrived on page three. And page three said, it's a leadership to experience, not to teach. Yes. So the book was finished after three pages. Or so. <laughs> so it's probably not worth publishing. Um, you see? So, so, so um, the, um, the animation around it and the language around it and giving people the opportunity of experiencing it. Uh, because they have to do the same. So down in the, it doesn't stop. It stops nowhere. It stops nowhere. It doesn't even stop at the, at the at the edge of our company because it goes into the customer. It goes into they take it back home. Yeah, they 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 apply it to 
the education of their children, which is, you know, which is, my wife always says, you know, you guys with your, your, your work-life balance, what a nonsense, you know? there is not work-life balance, there's only life. Mm-hmm. You know? So, and if you're talking beliefs, I don't have belief for my job and beliefs for my, for my husband, for my task as a husband or, or a father. Mm-hmm. The beliefs are the same. Paul, just to confirm, let's say you because you you just said it took three years in order to melt what you call the permafrost. Brilliant, brilliant expression. And you, the answer is we do know very well the permafrost. We have we give it several names, but fully agree with you on that. So just to let that sink in, Paul, you were convinced of this unbossed leadership style. And I guess your uh, your close leadership team as well. And nevertheless, Paul, it took you three years to melt the ice. Just to let yep. it sink in. Also yep. for and, our uh, listeners. Yep, and, uh, and, and, and I would say if it doesn't take you three years, then it will maybe take you four or five. And that doesn't really matter because you can only be loyal to your beliefs. Yeah? I have to mm-hmm. tell you that when they offered me the job as CEO for many, many months, I refused. Yeah? I refused the job because, because I didn't see what it could add to my life. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I was never born to be a CEO. Yeah? And I had fun in my previous job and I had a good team around me. And then I was just very much afraid that, that the, the role of a CEO, that I, I would have to, to play that role. Playing a role is not something for me, you know. I mm-hmm. can't do that, you know. I, I, I know the, the big debates and books that have been written about authentic leadership and the authentic leadership was, by the way, having a challenge, you know, because the authentic leadership is like, here I am, it's me. Yeah, take it or leave it. That's it's not again about I, the leader. Yeah, exactly. It's again yeah. about the leader. If the, you know, yeah, yeah it, it, it is. It, it, the, 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 the authentic leadership is not saying I have nothing to learn, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so, so ever since, ever since, and then I have a couple of friends you know, who told me, oh, but "Look, you don't have to play the role of the CEO. You, you just find the CEO that is already inside you. There is a CEO inside you." And just address it. And ever since, I tell my colleagues, the whole organization, 15,000 people know that I am not the CEO. I'm becoming the CEO. <laughs> right? I love I'm it. I'm becoming the CEO. One yes. day, maybe, maybe one day. Yes. Yeah. And, and then, Paul, you are not speaking about the CEO, how people used to know a CEO uh, 10, 20 years ago. You are talking about becoming something which should be the leader of the 21st century as you Correct. see it, right? Correct. Now, Paul, I have to come back on that. You start this journey with full trust from the shareholdership, which is fantastic. You even refuse firstly the job. They have to convince you. And I guess you also had the clear condition, I do it, all right, but I do it in, in a way how I think it's. It's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't make it too um, too um, rosy. Um, 
I, seven years ago, I, I, I would probably not be able to phrase uh, my vision like I do today. So mm-hmm. I still think that uh, wild guys and ladies who had to appoint me and offer me a job um, didn't quite know where we would have you know? So, so it, it's, um, it's, these are not projects. Yeah, uh, being a CEO is not a project. It's it, a project brings you from A to B. Yes, right. But in today's world, by the time you made it to B, you realize that you should have been in C. So, so everything we do in in ATEX, of course, we have projects, and of course, we have project management. But it's driven by what we call movement, and not project movement. You know, mm-hmm. we, we we are we're in motion. We are, we are in motion, and, and, and maybe, maybe even one day we are in a flow. Uh, we are yeah. in, a, in a constant flow of change. You know, just, it just doesn't come as a burden anymore. Um, I love, I love it how you say maybe one day. I, I absolutely love it. What, what my question is about, Paul, from my point of view, the conditions under which you began this journey are very good that's why i'm talking about support of shareholdership not hunting and chasing the quarterly figures but having a long-term sustainable perspective purpose is defined even if maybe not clear to everybody yet but the purpose the purpose is it's there and it's defined and i would like to know I would like to come again to the permafrost, Paul. And you said it took three years to melt the ice. Yeah. You also said uh, it came from top. Very interesting. It, ca- it, it, it went fully down and then from down again up through the permafrost, yeah. as far as I understood you. Could you tell a little bit more how you managed this melting the ice. Yep. The, 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 there's a couple of pillars which are the normal pillars. First of all, a very, very intensive communication. Right? Um, listening and talking. And listening and talking here. So I build a lot of... Um, one of our leadership principles is about pause and reflect. Um, and we do a lot of... I mean, I... Just to give you an example, I... Um, I, I go at least once a year with every single team member, one day walking, full day. One-on-one, you know? on one, a whole day? One-on-one, one-on-one, one-on-one. You know, and that's, uh, we, we prepare the day with, with some thoughts for each other. And I can tell you, most of the days, uh, when we come back to, um, to the office or to the car, we have to say, shit, the day is over and we haven't finished. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so what I mean by that, if, if you communicate, you have to go deep in the communication. You have to go, uh, you have to repeat your messages. You have to develop a language, a language that people recognize. You know, yeah, that's us, you know, yeah. you have to develop an identity around. But more precisely, what was a big breakthrough is that three years ago, I went to see the senior leaders, you know, annual senior leadership meeting, 100, 110 people in the room. Mm-hmm. And I told them, I'm sure that in, in your deepest thoughts, you can imagine a better company. You must have a dream about it. Right? Yeah, a now, better it. A better it. 
right? The apex of our dream. And on the one wall, we posted the components of such a compound, right? And it was an awful lot referring to collaboration and having an impact and contributing to it. And on the other wall, we said, who would like to participate? And I found, of course, all 110 names. I said, okay, now you have the option. Either I engage in a big consulting with McKinsey, and uh, that's going to be a big cost-cutting, you know, or mm -hmm. we together will build that company. And we have time. We have two years, three years. And we're going to look at uh, the processes. We're going to look at uh, what the market and the customer expect from us. And we have uh, developed a movement, yeah, we call it one ETEX, you know, I, I used to call it the indignados. Mm -hmm. uh, the people who are not happy who think we can do that. And we have built that new ETEX with 350 volunteers. 350 people have participated in every corner, in every corner of the company, have worked together with not a minimum of consulting. But looking at other companies and discussing and learning from each other, and we have completely, completely redesigned the company. The processes, uh, the organization, which, which is just a consequence, doesn't really matter because we, we are less and less an organization. We are more and more an organism. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's just, just fantastic. We're doing, since one year now, we are running this company, for instance, without budget. So the people themselves came to the conclusion that for a better finance, they would like to work without budget. Because for us, uh, totally, that was like a, like a, I don't know what, like, like a nuclear bomb. But Paul, I know it's a revolution. It's it's yeah. immediately clear to me. Yeah. You yeah. you got you got rid of that whole budgeting yes. rounds. This whole yes. it it's gone. Yes, it's gone completely gone. So we, we of course we have something instead, which is ten times better. People love it because it's action oriented, it's agile, it's yes. uh, it's, it's 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 fast, it's uh, it's manageable. You know, whereas whereas the budget was a nightmare. We we, we estimated that a hundred people, full time equivalents, were working on budgeting <laughs> since August till. Oh yes, oh yes. We benefited from the COVID period to say, hey, would you want to make a budget for 21? No, we don't want to make a budget for 21. Okay. <laughs> you know? and, and I can give you hundreds of examples. Now, that's exactly what I mean, Thomas, with experiencing that leadership. Yes. Because they went into, they organized themselves. They went into work streams. Nobody was the boss. There was a sponsor or two sponsors. They had to learn from each other. Uh, they had to present their findings. For which they were challenged, they had the power to decide. Uh, I remember people crying in the in the in the works, workshops. Like, am I the one who who can decide on? Yeah, yeah, you can decide on it. Yeah, I'm not mm -hmm. going to do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so so um, working in in communities, communities is a good uh, mix between a formality and a program, but a high level of informality. Yeah, and indeed, indeed, with yeah, with the nature of this company is such that the, the performance allowed us. There was no panic in the house, never ever. Yes, uh, you know, uh, and uh, it's super rewarding. As a consequence, I can tell you, as a direct consequence, we made historically high performance 
It's the outcome, and you say, yeah, yeah okay, it's, 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 it's a result of, 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 all, of all our actions. Yep. It's, it's, it's amazing. Paul, I would like to know these management meetings where you have the top 100 people together. Yeah. Uh, I guess you're still doing that on a yearly base or, or yeah. Yeah. sometimes even that. often? We're doing that because we have a quite a sophisticated, we work with an executive team of eight people. Mm -hmm. We have direct contact with 15 business leaders whom we meet every month for an hour, an hour and a half exchange. Exchange. What's mm -hmm. on your mind? How did you does that work? Where do we need to put emphasis? Do we relocate resources? From the 15, we go to 100 senior leaders who meet uh, uh, four times a year. And we talk to 450 leaders every uh, four months as well. Paul, I would like to know, Paul, when you compare these meetings, say, from five years ago, to the meetings of today. Is there more open dialogue? Are, to say it very clear now, are your people also daring to challenge you and some points of view of yours? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the answer is, is, is really yes. I mean, it would be very bad if, if we don't feel it. So, so you mentioned uh, trust, you know? And, yes. Uh, and, and uh, you're familiar with the formula of trust? Formula what we call trust. psychological safety. At, at, at yes, but well, there is, there is, a, there is, in the, you can Empathy, find it on the internet. There's a, and logic. Yes, yes, there is a, there's a formula on trust. I recommend you look, you, you, you trace it on, on the internet, and it goes back to the 50s or the 60s. Um, the, the challenge, one of the big challenges for us, if you, if you use, Empowerment. We don't like the word empowerment because it's. We, we, I'm not saying we're beyond empowerment, but you know we, we use uh, more uh, contextual leadership, right? Mm -hmm. So, so, mm -hmm. so for instance, the, the 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 executive committee has worked during six months to find that one sentence. Why does this executive committee exist? <laughs> contribution, you know. And we only exist. We only exist to create the context. For people to develop and make a difference. It's a very short sentence. That's yeah. why we exist. So if you if you preach a leadership that is the command and control, because the command and control, I mean I don't need to tell you, it's as dead as can be. It's <laughs> as dead as can be. Right? It's used, it's worn, it's uh, it's it's kaput, it's gone, it's 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 up. Yeah? But you have to replace it by stuff. What we have noticed in our journey is that it was quite fast, we were quite fast at leaving the command behind. Yeah, so, mm -hmm. so people people are perfectly capable. If you put the story in the context, they can fill in their agenda. Mm -hmm. So we left the command behind. However, 
many of us found it very difficult to leave the control behind. Okay. So if you want to get rid of command and control, and you stay halfway, stuck halfway, then it's chaos. You know, I, I, I trust you. You will do what you need to do. You will take full responsibility, accountability, whatever it takes, you know. But I want to be fully informed. I want yeah. you to be fully transparent. That's all. That's a killer. That's, that's a, a killer. killer. So in the formula of trust, there's this element of intimacy. It's the I in the formula. And some people think that if I empower you, I make a bigger distance between us. And the opposite is true. I'm much closer to you by trusting you. But people have to fill in that what is being close. Being close is listening. Being close is coaching, helping. Yeah. Being close is not telling you what to do. Not even asking you to report on that. Wow, that's a turn. Yes. That's a turn. Yes, it is. I mean, I, I, I stopped. I've never, ever in my life uh, sent uh, reminders, you know. <laughs> what, 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 what happens if I have to send, if I have to keep track of what I've asked you, Thomas, and whether you did it? Right. Mm -hmm. What an what interesting activity. <laughs> no? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, you just mentioned one huge mistake, which is letting go of the command on one side but at the same point of time, not daring to let go also of the control. Yeah. Now, Paul, frankly spoken, we are talking on a daily basis to CEOs who tell us, guys, we love the philosophy of unbossing. I would absolutely love to install it and to go on that journey together with my company, but I am scared that my team is not ready yet. I am scared that my team will not embrace it. And nevertheless, I, 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 wa I, want to, I want to dare to do it now with you guys. And now, Paul, if you put yourself into the shoes of such a CEO, probably with less experience than you, listening to you and absolutely embracing your message. What would, from your point of view, be the biggest mistake what this CEO, without wanting to do that mistake, obviously, what this CEO could do? I think the way you describe it, Thomas, is... The biggest mistake is not being faithful to your own beliefs. Because if you're faithful to your own beliefs, you don't have to question it. You will do it. You know? And you will take the hurdles and you will learn. You know? But um, if you have to um, do unbossing because that's the latest hype mm -hmm. and, 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 and there is a nice book that is published, don't do it. You know? so, so do the necessary introspection to see whether you are capable of developing yourself towards your beliefs. What I'm fanatic about is 
the purpose of the company, can I say, doesn't really matter. What matters is that I can contribute for my purpose. A human being has a purpose. Mm-hmm. And I see all those workshops of the companies to develop their purpose. And I wonder, why. when do you do your workshops to develop the people's purpose? <laughs> Not to develop it, by the way, to find it. Do you invite in the leadership that, that I described here is very vulnerable. It's very weak. It's only inviting. I can only invite you. But the, the light comes, the daylight comes when I can say, wow, under that umbrella from this company, under that purpose of this company, I can develop and be loyal to my purpose in life. Yes. Because people, on average, are there to do good and well, right? Except for a few extremists, to do good. So if you can reach that, so the, the company for me is just a vehicle. It's just, a, 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 by the way, a societal vehicle. You know, the company is just bringing people together around an activity where those people can make tomorrow's world. So in that sense, companies are extremely political. are in the police in, in, in society. They take a stand. You know? I don't know if you've heard, you've heard about the donut economy, you know, that very narrow ring in which we can do justified economy. It's very narrow. If we do too much, we kill the planet. If we don't do enough, then people don't, don't benefit from it. Yes. And, and, and if I can, can be, I can go to a company at 8 o'clock in the morning, one of the slogans in ETEX is, your life starts at 8 o'clock in the morning. Right? Because if, if you wait till six o'clock in the evening for your life to start, then I'm a criminal. Then I'm putting you in jail ten hours a day. You know, I, 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 I should, I should, I should go to jail myself. You know, it's totally unjustified to, to ask you to come to the office or the factory for eight or ten hours a day yeah. and, and not doing anything interesting. Yes, and and rob you rob a big part of your life from people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Until you can go home and then have a meaningful life because you you're the secretary to the volleyball club and you play the theater <laughs> and you you know come on. Yeah. All right, Nick. What an inspiration again today from Paul. I don't know where to start. I pick, you know what I pick? The permafrost. Why? Because we often talk about it. We often deal with it, uh, Nick, or also not naming it the permafrost. And what Paul described, this year-long process of melting the ice of the permafrost, even when you start with a leader who is deeply deeply convinced of unbossing. All these years, to my memory, it was three years which it took to defrost the permafrost, to get the journey going from top to fully down, and then kind of grassroots movement again through the permafrost from the downside up again. It's an amazing picture from my point of view. And we can learn a lot about it. And it also, Nick, it reminds me of our podcast with Michele Zanini, where 
we had this very interesting discussion, you remember, is it now a movement from the top? Is it a grassroots revolution? And we learn again, it seems to be both. It seems to be both. Yes, we should stop talking about top-down or bottom-up. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's an organization-wide uh, journey. Exactly. And and the trigger can move from fully up to fully down or X-top or X-down. Uh, again, true. Uh, I stay with the permafrost because mm -hmm. I like it. The next thing which struck me, and that is again referring to many CEOs you and I talked to who are telling us, Nick Thomas, I love it. I love it. And I would love to begin tomorrow with you guys, but I'm not sure we are ready for it. I'm scared of rocking the boat. I'm scared of losing key people in my teams. I'm scared they think I now uh, went totally crazy together with you guys. So what's the message with Paul? Get your fundamental conviction of unbossing right. Get it right. Don't doubt it a second anymore. And it will work. It will eventually work. It will not be a walk through the park, but it will work. And it's a journey. Next expression also, unfinished. The world which is unfinished, which struck with me as well. How about you, Nick? Um, well, to me, this was uh, a confirmation of all the key takeaways. It was kind of the summary. Um, I think this is episodes. Oh, there's uh, uh, somebody at the door delivering. Uh, <laughs> a package <laughs> corona style uh, no um i think this is episode 15 or 16 and it felt like a summary of all the key takeaways from uh the first 15 episodes because he talked about his perspective on the world that everything is relative and that um he's humble and that everything is unfinished in nature. There are millions of days past us and there are still millions of days to come. He talked about um, accepting new challenges within the company, even though there were mission impossibles, even though there was no salary uh, promotion. Like, why not, you know, that, that mindset. Uh, a leadership style of curiosity we have an entire episode on curiosity with Stefan van Hoogdonk, who right. I advise um, to, to listen if you haven't listened to it. He talked about the older he grow, the less decisions he wanted to take simply mm -hmm. because he felt that it was better for the organization and for the people in the organization if they would take their decisions themselves. He talked about learning that it's not about him. It's not about the leader. The leader is the, mo the less important person in the room. The leader has to create the context and that's it. And his personal journey in that. He talked about the trauma in the company, which was a, a very the vulnerable asbestos. moment, the asbestos trauma. And instead of um, putting their um, heads in the sand, they took it and they swallowed it and they, they took it with pride basically and, and tried to turn that into an opportunity for the future on improving the world. He talked about 
purpose. So many organizations have these slogans on the wall, but a true purpose, you can connect millions of people. In other words, if people, millions of people don't connect with your purpose, you're probably not really finding your purpose yet. He talked about how important it is that they had the support from the share shareholders. Right. And that the share, how important it was that the shareholders weren't focused on next quarter results, but in the long term and impact on society. He talked about three years of building the leadership team and going through the permafrost, not, not as a project, but as a movement. He talked about um, this is not something you can teach. This is something that you need to experience as a human being and grow. He talked about not being the CEO, but becoming the Yummy. CEO that he wants One to day. be. Being on that journey, also a great reference to his to being humble. He talked about um, you obviously have projects, but mostly they talk about movements and communities. Um, the One Ethics Movement. He talked about transforming the organization with volunteers, basically inviting people um, to help transform the organization as an alternative to hiring uh, McKinsey, or I don't know which uh, big consulting firm it was. Um, he talked about the example of not having business budgets. Uh, <laughs> no, redesigning the budget process and concluding that 100 full-time equivalents were working on simply maintaining that system of budgeting and today no longer with a, working with a budget, budget uh, process and having a far better alternative. He talked about how everything he discussed resulted in historical performance also in the financial results. Um, he talked about the definition of an executive team being the contextual leadership. The only role of an executive team is to create context. That's it, not take decisions. And then last but not least, he talked about it's easy to let go of the command, but it's also right. difficult to let go of the control. And, that's, and that was a perfect bridge to his biggest mistake because if you want to let go of control, you need to trust other people. But before you can trust other people, you need to trust yourself. Before you can trust yourself, you need to be faithful to what your own beliefs are. They have to be clear to you. And that just wrapped everything up. So this was to me a confirmation of many takeaways from previous episodes. Truly agree, Nick. And what I feel now is I want to see that, Nick. I want to experience that. And therefore, let's stay in touch with Paul. Mm -hmm. We will. And now we are once again, Thomas, off to the next one. Ladies and gentlemen, we hope that you've enjoyed this inspiring episode of the Unbossing Podcast. To round today's episode up, we would like to give the word to Thomas for a very special request. Thanks, Nick. Dear listeners, if you would like to recommend to us other possible interview guests who did lead successfully or even unsuccessfully interesting and inspiring projects where they liberated their people from bureaucracy, gave them more freedom in order to do uh, their work and their passion, please feel free to contact us. You find the contact details on our website. Mm -hmm.